You're listening to Overwatch League Daily, your daily source for Overwatch League news, scores, and more. Here's your host, Kicked Tripod. Good morning, Overwatch League fans. This is your Overwatch League daily episode for June 14th, 2018. The final week of the regular season is upon us with teams jockeying for their spot in the stage playoffs and also the season playoffs. The LA Valiant are confirmed for the stage playoffs. The LA Gladiators are confirmed, but there are a few outside situations where a combination of NYXL, Dallas Fuel, Philadelphia Fusion, and the Houston Outlaws... and I guess the San Francisco Shock even can fall in or out of these stage playoffs. So make sure to uh, keep a tight eye on those because that is changing and it's changing quickly. For the season playoffs, the NYXL and LA Valiant have secured their spot in the playoffs as the first seeds for the division and uh, for each division. And then there's quite a bit of free space in the remaining four spots. The LA Gladiators clinched their playoff spot just yesterday against Shanghai, and the Boston Uprising, London Spitfire, and Philadelphia Fusion are the most likely to make it into the season playoffs. But there still is an outside chance that the Fusion, if the Fusion, sorry, lose both of their matches this week, they leave the door open for both Houston or Seoul to sneak in. In other news, the Shanghai Dragons have called in some last-minute help from X6 Gaming. The Overwatch Contenders Korea Champion for 2018 so far, members of X6 Gaming are in LA assisting the Shanghai coaching staff right now. We'll see if that can help them get their win on their last match of the season. Finally, let's get to your two-minute rundown brought to you by patreon.com slash OWL Daily Show. And of course, all of our patrons there, thank you for supporting the show. The Shanghai Dragons have just two opportunities to get a win in the Overwatch League regular season while the LA Gladiators are looking to clinch their position in the Overwatch League season playoffs. Despite the help from X6 Gaming, the Shanghai Dragons get swept four maps to zero and will have to look to their match against the San Francisco Shock on Saturday to hopefully finish the season at 1-39. The LA Valiant are guaranteed the stage playoffs in the second seed in the Overwatch League season playoffs. Meanwhile, the Shock are on the outside looking in for both, but are looking to make a statement that they are a force to be reckoned with in the Overwatch League. Despite a strong showing from the crew in San Francisco, KSF, Custa, and the Valiant would prove to be too much for the sorry, would be proved to be too much for the shock as LA would prevail three maps to one. With their victory, the LA Valiant have clinched their two hundred thousand dollar season bonus. And then for the final match of the evening, we had the Dallas Fuel, who before this match were sitting narrowly in fourth place for the stage, thanks to a head-to-head advantage over the Philadelphia Fusion, going up against the Seoul Dynasty, who sat at a disappointing 2-6. Despite the favorable matchup, it would be Seoul taking Dallas as the Fuel would fall three maps to one. Coming up tomorrow, we have the Houston Outlaws taking on the Philadelphia Fusion. This is a must-win for both teams, as these are just on the fringe for both the stage and season playoffs. After that, we have the Florida Mayhem taking on the London Spitfire. And to round out the evening, we've got NYXL taking on the Boston Uprising. Games start at 4 p.m. Pacific time at overwatchleague.com and twitch.tv slash overwatchleague. But today, 
I sat down with Volamel to discuss yesterday's matches. Joe, it's been a while, man. It We, we yes, did, yes. what, Open Division was the last time we've done mm-hmm. something like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's I, been it's been a minute and you know it's it's always fun to come back and it's always a blast just chit chatting and having a having a little chit chat and having a little talk with you and talking about the game. So it's you know it's always fun to be back. Better late than never. I see you're wearing your Gen G jersey. Um yeah, I felt like you know I've got Overwatch. I've got mine. I sh- I just wish we would have coordinated it. And then, God, uh, yeah, I should have. Yeah, you gotta let me know next time. Okay, we need to talk about yesterday's <laughs> matches. Better late than never here. Coming sure. in at the end of stage four, right? Week four, mm-hmm. stage five, or week five, stage four underway, and lots of stuff going on. But one of the really interesting ones, uh, I would say, with two matches left and no playoffs in sight, you're probably not looking to make any huge roster changes or staff changes, but Shanghai did it anyway. They brought in uh, some members of X six gaming to assist their coaching staff. I don't have the specifics on if it's players, coaches, a combination of both, but uh, what what are your thoughts on this? And especially doing it so late, they're Owen 39. Now they've got one game left. Yeah, it's it's definitely a strange move, but on paper, um, kind of disregarding some of the context, I think that it's a very important move to to kind of add a little bit of history to who X6 Gaming are. Um, for for those of you who don't know, this is a team that kind of came up to the ranks back in like Apex Season Three. They were like the um, the first kind of team that really broke through second to like Meta Athena in season two that that came up through uh, what would have been contenders back in the day. It was the Korean amateur scene that comes up and and plays during Apex and, and they did very well, most notably taking an upset victory. I don't remember if it was a reverse sweep or not. Something in my brain is telling me that it is, but I'm not sure. Um, against Team Envious um, with their crazy... Uh, swap from their main tank playing Junkrat when Junkrat was bad and didn't have two mines and wasn't completely busted. Um, and it was on Dorado and it was, a, it was a crazy upset. And, you know, it was the talk of the town at the time. And they kind of made their name there. And now they have actually won Contenders Korea and looked very dominant throughout, um, probably second to Element Mystic. But, you know, seeing how Element Mystic lost very, very early on to an upset to O2 Ardient, it was kind of clear, to me at least, that XX was probably um if they could get over a few hurdles run away kongdu they should be able to take this and they did very very uh, convincingly so bringing on a coaching staff that is kind of tenured like that and has a lot of success is very important in the long run so i would love that sh- i would love to see shanghai actually stay and kind of um formally adopt these these kind of um members again like we don't know if it's players if it's coaches like we we don't know actually know who's coming over yet. There's there's not a lot of details involved, but um, tying those two organizations together is definitely a boon for Shanghai and and maybe even better for X6 because um, you know not to you know go too in depth with with how I feel about X6. They've they have bred a lot of amazing players. Um, Architect comes from X6. Um, Godsby very very solid his can player that's kind of slept on in Korea. Um, eh, not slept on, but just. He's a talent out there that I would, if he's of age, which I'm, I'm not, you know, too keen on his age at the moment. Um, I think he could easily be an Overwatch League caliber player. Cho Hyobin, Bebe, they like this team for a long time has been someone who I kind of want 
Overwatch League teams to siphon from and kind of pick players from, mm -hmm. and you're starting to see that more and more now. So I think that Shanghai and XX tying together and kind of in a partnership almost, it feels like as it is right now, I think could be very, very good for season two. Obviously right now they've got one more match and I don't know how much a coaching staff is really going to affect one match, especially in this short of notice. Right. And, well, but then you have Arrow and Krusty, but <laughs> besides, fair. yeah, it's, it's weird, right? It's, it shouldn't, <laughs> it has, yeah. but it shouldn't, especially when you're a team that, you know, has already not won and, you know, is used to winning single digit map mm -hmm. counts through 40 game or you know 10 games per stage it's not that that's a big bust to turn around that's a big that's what we'll say that's a big yeah, one yeah that's a, that's a good way to put it uh on the flip side though i want to talk about the the valiant in the next match sure. um the valiant are kind of in this nyxl uh situation right where they they're clinching or on the verge of clinching um that they're they're not too worried, you know. They've got their two hundred thousand dollars season bonus. Uh, they've clinched now both season and stage playoffs, but they're also close to a ten and zero stage. Something only done by Boston in stage three. The question's been: Are they going to take the foot off the gas a little bit, or are they going to go all in get that perfect stage? Not because uh, it, it necessarily means that they're they're playing better or. I guess, you know, just for the sake of yeah. getting that, I guess to say, what look did we see from the Valiant yesterday? Was this a team with their foot on the, the gas or was it a team kind of letting off? I think um, there's a lot of evidence to support them kind of um, shifting down gears a little bit, um, giving their star DPS players soon and in giving the, the starting roster a rest a little bit. You know, we, we brought in KSF. They brought in, babe, not baby, I'm sorry, Bunny. The Tracer God from Apex Season 2, He's he's been a Tracer one-trick basically his entire career and, and looked very, very dominant on it. But there was always a question, you know, how, how far does Bunny go in the future? You know, if he can only play Tracer, you know, maybe his career is a little bit short-lived and they come out. And you know what? I, I, I have to say I've, I've been pretty impressed so far. Um, KSF, I, I still want to see more from him. I'm still, you know, on the fence, leaning towards a very positive look. But Bunny, we're going to do a whole episode, by the way, you and me, just on okay. KSF in the postseason. <laughs> so fair, don't you fair. worry, we'll come back to that. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. No, you're you're good because I I think that KSF has a lot of potential. Um, in and it's difficult to get him to see more playtime. Um, but we could see him in in the World Cup for USA, which I would love to see. I think there that that kind of is a stage for showing off some new talent that we don't normally see. Um, so I think that's a potential. But again, Bunny has looked very, very comfortable on the Widowmaker. So I think that, you know, that's a good look for him, not only within the Valiant, but outside of the Valiant, if they do want to kind of um, offload him or if maybe he even gets a better offer that they want to kind of um, allow him to pursue. Because uh, I, I do have to say that Noah Winston and the kind of Immortal staff was very, uh, very... Um, comfortable with allowing players to do that in the past looking at like league of legends and how one of their players actually was recruited and kind of had an offer from skt and they were like well we wanted to sign you but this is a big offer for you so you you know go ahead and chase it like uh, that whole organization is, is really well put together they have quite a quite a good group bunch of people on, on staff so i think that um overall They've done a great job with Bunny, and I would love to see him stay within this roster. But I could see him. He's, he's very talented, and he's showing his flexibility now. So I think, you know, he's he's looking a lot more uh, 
enticing to other teams at the moment. So it, it, can they can they fit him in the roster? I, I think they can. Um, it'll be a little bit difficult, especially in the offseason, to kind of restructure again around another three DPS lineup. But he's he's making a name for himself. He's making a case to, to be kept or even just be offloaded on, on another team and be an incredible DPS player. Well, and the Valiant are a team that if you go back and look at them in stage one, right, you, you might not even know. You change the color of their jersey and you might not even know it's the Valiant. Mm -hmm. So much has changed on that roster, especially on the player side. And they're one of the few teams where all this turmoil has actually kind of been good and they've just kind of gotten better. Where obviously right now they're they're nine and zero uh in 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 the stage. Uh, what, what what's made them so effective even through all this kind of change that we've seen um <laughs> i feel like at the center of that has to be soon mm -hmm. but um but but what else what makes them so effective here i think that they identified a lot of their problems early on um or, or maybe it wasn't even necessarily a problem i think that they were just looking to um really kind of clear the air if we look back at some of their um kind of content that they produce their kind of reality show in a way <laughs> um, they needed and it's and it's not the in and out you know i think we we harp right. on that a lot it's funny but um one of the big things that i think has been a theme throughout the entire overwatch league so far for this first season is that it's very difficult to remove players but it's very easy to remove coaches and that when you do kind of um put a lot of weight on the coach and then remove him the players feel like oh there's a fresh start you know we can you know we can kind of uh, wipe the slate clean and and clear clear consciences and and really start to rebuild now and i think uh, coach moon and and this amazing support staff that that the team has put together with damon and gunba and i believe uh, schwartz bruder from way back in clg and league of legends i think he has you know they, they have a great group of guys there they're very talented, and I think uh, Coach Moon has done a great job really structuring this team to be your... I don't have a traditional sports analogy, but the team that kind of is just better than the sum of their parts. You know, you look at this team, and they're all very, very good players, but they're just incredibly consistent, where they've never... A lot of these players come from not the most amazing teams. Like, yes, Soon and, and some of the other French players that were previous on this team were previous, you know, amazing level caliber players, and they still are incredibly yeah. good, but they kind of started to slump, you know, looking at contenders, and, you know, they had, they had their, their roster troubles. You look at, you know, Mighty AOD, where a lot of these other players come from. Fate, uh, Coach Moon himself, I believe, actually came from Mighty AOD as well. Um, Kareev, they had their issues. They were still kind of a, a dark horse team, but they're now they're you know their their potential starting to come out now, and it's really starting to shine through. Um, I do think the criticism that Valiant is not an explosive team is very uh, fair and and pretty apt, but I don't think you need to, and I think that it's a fine style that Valiant's putting on. That they are very just cut and dry. This is how we play. It's very standard. There's not too much deviation away from things. We have our game plan. It could you know include some curveballs but uh it, it's very just standard macro play if, if i'm to bring up a, a starcraft 2 analogy it's very um mvp-esque and just uh nice to watch it's, it's kind of just a refreshing take fundamentals, on just just, kinda, just fundamentals yeah. exactly it's it's all just, just macro play. it's like when you're when you brought up playing a sport your entire life and you're you know taught to be a shortstop how to sit yep. how to you, yeah 
Yeah, they just they got that fundamentals down. It's not the most exciting. I say it all the time on the show. People are probably sick of it. I'm from Minnesota. We got the Minnesota <laughs> Twins, right? Yeah. They're the most boring team in the world, and I love them to good. death because of it. Because yeah. they're, you know, Ozzy Guillen called them the piranhas. They're just like, they're, there's, <laughs> you give them an inch, they take a mile kind of thing. But they're not exciting. They don't hit these huge home runs. They're not, you know, you're not. They'll beat seeing, you to death with spoons if they have to. Yeah, exactly. They're going to steal and single and, you know, make you throw eight pitches in yeah. a, a batter. And they're just going to wear you down eventually. They're just kind of, they're that conditioned team. Um, I, another team I wanted to talk about is Dallas Fuel, and they just played the Soul Dynasty. And man, this is just kind of weird, right? If you <laughs> go back to stage one, I mean these yeah. these teams' records are basically flipped at this point. Uh, Dallas had a pretty big advantage going into uh, this match. Not only this match, but the first half, I think, uh, it was like a, a 25% win rate and a 0% win rate on the maps for the soul dynasty that yeah. they took both of some, don't quote me on that, but they were bad. Okay. Cause yeah, Bren made sure we knew it on, yeah. the, <laughs> on the thing. It was, it was not a very good, uh, representative map pool for them, but they, they blew it ultimately and these are really important, you know, souls fighting for the, uh, the, the season playoffs. Dallas obviously isn't going to make that, but they're fighting for the stage playoffs right now. Uh, what, what happened in the first half that let soul just kind of run away with this one? I think, um, Dallas started off this first half of the stage with with a very surprising and explosive um, entrance into the meta. They were very bold on how they wanted to play Brigitte, and they've really been leaning on that coming into week five. And I think teams are really starting to get keen on how Dallas is playing. It's very centered around trying to make um, their their backline a ton of space with, with Mickey and the tank line being a little bit over aggressive at times and, and they can do that because they have players like Mickey. They have an amazing main tank in OGE that, that is very aggressive and, and it, it is willing to kind of make these, these kind of uh, aggressive calls with earth shatters and primal rages. And he actually gets quite a lot, quite a bit of value from it. Um, even if, you know, at times you can see him with uh, some, some earth shatters, but a lot of the times, you know, him and Mickey, have a, a great synergy built up with with Reinhardt and Brigitte. I think that's uh, quite quite a lot of uh, pressure to be putting on to the enemy team. So it, again, it creates a lot of space. Um, and I think teams are starting to really break that down and, and figure out their own ways to kind of deal with it. And unfortunately, you know, with the late resurgence that Dallas has had, it's, you know, now they're going back to the, the whiteboard you know, with their backs against the wall and say, okay, you know, how can we uh, A, improve this, but B, also um, increase our, our breadth of strategy and what else we can do um, and then improve on that as well. So it's, uh, you know, it's it's sad that Arrow had to come in so late. I would have loved to see what this team looks like if they started off with Arrow because I think they would have been a, not only an amazing middle of the pack team, but they actually could have, I think in, in certain cases and if, you know, certain uh, things aren't, going on um i think they probably could have actually made one or two of the stage playoffs throughout the season and i think they're going to be a great team come season two but um it, it seems like they've just had uh too late of a resurgence and it's it's difficult for them to kind of come back because they're so kind of stylistic right now i think that a team 
like soul that's that's really kind of starting to come into their own at the moment and again i don't think anybody was really kind of expecting soul to come out like they did yesterday and and really perform but uh man they did and i really think that um they they've started to find their groove and you know we say that a lot about soul we I, i've said that numerous <laughs> no. times yeah and they they continuously just shift gears into they they go from one to five and and they're looking great and then they go down to park and you're like okay what happened when like, i saw why, them why did the we first, just stop the first few weeks of stage one i'm like there's no way anybody challenges soul <laughs> i was and i'm looking at them now and i'm like i'm glad like, i didn't oh, tweet that now i said it to everybody so way to go yeah, exactly what about seagull so seagull is a man just a he's had to he's gone through a lot right he's gone i mean he he's like the flip side of the xqc equation right where they're both streamers they're, they've got big followings you got a little bit of a white knight dark horse type thing going on uh, the bad boy versus like Mr. Sure, yeah. yeah, Mr. Mr. Rogers or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he's without a doubt got one of the largest individual followings in competitive Overwatch. Uh, but there were a lot of people, I don't know about a lot, but there were people who were concerned that uh, Siegel, while, while a great streamer, wasn't maybe quite, overwatch league caliber level dps we we saw i I gotta say we saw a really respectable uh entire season for sure uh but especially stage four uh from seagull and we we talk about western dps uh, a a lot of 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 players who sure yeah you've got the flettas you've got sabiobi and pine but on the western side uh where does seagull uh, kind of sit. Where does he plant himself? Where does he lay his nest, if you will, at the end of season one for Western DPS for you? I think he's definitely in the consideration for um, anywhere from one to five. I think anywhere outside of that, and we're okay. kind of downplaying him quite a bit. I think um, if we look at to kind of touch on um, the first part of the question, right? So, like, why why might people be a little bit um, gun shy? with with Siegel. I think if you look at his competitive history, it's been very difficult to kind of draw any big conclusions from any past results because none of his teams have really been that great. Kelvin the and the Chipmunks were great. Okay. Uh, I suppose they were the I mean. best open division team we'd <laughs> ever seen. Sorry. Continue. No, you're good. You're good. Um <laughs> It's it's just been, I think, difficult for some of the fans to really find anything uh, other than some anecdotal evidence of, you know, people say he's very good and very smart and, you know, his, his hero pool is is very big and I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. Um, he can play a lot of really wonky stuff. His maze is incredible. He can play far and, you know, Hanzo is, is quite a, a staple pick for him. But he can also play Genji and a lot of the other just projectile heroes. And then... He, Coming into this this Dallas Heal team and, and Team Envious at the time, um, they brought him on, presumably from the community perspective, to play Projectile. And then things happened in Dallas, and now he was moved to D.Va. So he had to learn a completely new role, which he did fairly quickly, I would I might add, within, you know, this the season hasn't been very long. And I think he, he learned it in, what, two or three stages? Yeah. And came out and, and showed quite a, quite a high aptitude for it. So I think that, you know, 
as kind of cliche and cheesy as it is, he has been kind of selfless for this team and actually put everything on the line because again, he could just retire and just go stream and make a you know quite a bit of money and retire early and sit on a beach in Aspen somewhere, you know, in, in Florida. I don't, I don't think Aspen has beaches. Beach. But, um, yeah, beaches in Aspen, right? Uh, he could be in a resort. Now. Samsonite. No, sure. not close. All right. Uh, yeah, but but <laughs> but anyways, you know, he is very very strong. He's he's been a, a great staple for this team. Uh, he's a role player. He's a carry when he needs to be. Uh, it's it's been fabulous to watch him really start to find his own within a team that can kind of facilitate him, and he can actually give back to this team as well. So I think um, from marketing's perspective, you'd never let him go. From a playing, you know, from a a level perspective, you know, looking at how good he is, I don't think you let him go. I think you probably re-up, and you might even give him a little bit of a bonus because he stuck through a lot of garbage to this team. <laughs> true. And, you know, they're starting to actually see some benefits from, you know, starting not not necessarily to weed out the bad seeds, if you will, but you know, this team is looking promising. I do have to say season two looks great for Dallas, especially with the way they started season one. Mm -hmm. They're, they're a team that looks like they have a, they have a new level of focus. It doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. mean that they're uh, all of a sudden, you know, turn the corner and, you know, <laughs> like I think the, the fuel that we're seeing now is kind of maybe not quite this last one, but the one that's kind of the last couple of weeks where it hasn't quite been like these really dominant type thing. I think like that was kind sure. of the fuel that, uh, is probably where they sit over a long period of time kind of thing. Like the first yeah. few weeks. Yep. I was excited too. I almost ordered my fuel shirt. I get it. <laughs> uh, I almost ordered my arrow shirt. And then I found out they didn't have one and I had to do a custom order. And that was, you know, a giant pain in the butt. Uh, <laughs> Dallas uh, help me out here. Jeez. Yeah, coaches. But coaches yeah, give me the coach jerseys. Let's go. Give me my Harsha jersey. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> analysts too. I want analysts too. <laughs> um, but it, it felt like they kind of surprised everyone and everyone has wanted to love the fuel. Let's be, let's be for real here. Like yeah. they're envious has for the longest time been like the most marketable team in at least mm -hmm. Western overwatch. People loved uh, the interactions are like a little boy band basically when it, yeah, when it came kinda, down yeah. to that. Yeah. So I, but, but I think what we're seeing now is a little bit more realistic on, on kind of where they're playing. I think they're going to improve of course. Um, but, but I, I, I'm really impressed with, with Siegel and kind of where he's ended up, especially because uh, there were a lot of people who, you know, I think love him as a, a as a person and a player, but weren't quite mm -hmm. on the, I believe in Siegel to be an Overwatch League caliber player. Yeah. So I'm glad that he's kind of showed them wrong there. I'm glad that, you know, Dallas is fighting for playoffs <laughs> rather than fighting to not be below the the mayhem, I guess, mm -hmm. is kind of the, the flip side <laughs> of it. And man, it's going to be a wild ride these next couple weeks. We've got uh, playoffs coming. Well, I guess not the next couple weeks. We got four days left. Mm -hmm. of the regular season. Then we've got playoffs. Of course, we're going to be here for that. And then are you going to be at a grand finals? I don't know. You don't know. I can't. I My know. brother's getting married that weekend. I, I oh. I'm, I'm the best man. I, there's nothing I can do yeah, about it. Like, can we get married true. in New York? Yeah, uh, really? Like yeah. the Barclay cider has got a great event going on. Yeah. Right. There. We could probably get a box. I'm sure. We could pull some strings. Yeah. Right. I mean, how great <laughs> would that be? An overwatch league wedding? I don't know what's going on, but I guess this is cool. Yeah, exactly. Well, I Joe, <laughs> Joe, thanks so much. Do you have anything cool uh, coming up that you want people to look out for or 
just stay tuned. Follow Volamel on Twitter and subscribe yeah, to this, I mean, subscribe to his YouTube. Volamel Volamel's viewpoints is uh, is a <laughs> staple. It's a staple. Uh, I'll help you on the naming if you want. But that would be great. That would be great. Uh, but besides that, I love Volamel's viewpoints. Yeah, it's one of my right, favorites. One. Um, you got Yiska's U points. Um, I think is what it's. No, it's. It's thinking it over. I thinking think, it over. He actually was a little bit more original, and I was just like, "All right, alliteration." I'm I did the gonna, logo a word for that thinking it over. V. You did. You did. Yeah, so. It looks quite good. I, you know, hats off to you. I think that so. maybe I'll have to commission my, you know, my my good friend kick tripod to make me one because oh. I've uh, my stuff looks quite janky. So. I like your V in the viewpoints. <laughs> We're going way off topic. Joe, thanks again. <laughs> I really appreciate it. We need to just do a show sometime where we just sit down and, and go wherever we want. <laughs>